old school fold out poster yeah, salt and pepper. Uh, uh, yeah, the shirt that said Oaktown is kicking it, but old school coats. Dopeen bitch stole it off the bat. One two one two. You now rocking with the No Vultures podcast. You got me myself, Lord Rab. You got OG Clee on his way. Corner Barber in front of me, and to his right, we got a very 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 special guest. Now. If you're from the Bay Area, you're from Oakland, you're from California, you're from the West Coast, you should know this guy, right? If you don't know this guy, I don't know where you was. You must be very young, right? So he dropped classics as a group, Sido. One group member is Rest in Peace, Rest in Peace Eclipse, one time. Uh, we got T. Looney in this motherfucker right now. T. the motherfucking lunatic. Man, what's T. going Looney, on, my no. brother? Ah, oh, man, I'm just happy to be here. Thank y'all for having me. One step beyond, Bob. One step beyond, man. You feel me? It's been a long ride. Rest in peace. I miss you, man. Yeah. What's up to my nephew, Lil Eclipse? Uh, shit, it's been a long ride. I'm still trying to... I'm still in the rap race, though. You know, I'm nev- I've never given up on music. I love music. And uh, my goal is to just keep doing good music. You know, I may never be the artist that blow up or go platinum, but I'm the artist that the world is going to feel regardless, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's what my focus has been, just making good music, making heartfelt music, staying me, never losing myself in this music. Well, one thing we have to say and have to tell you is, man, the reason that we started No Vultures, this is the disclaimer we give out every show, is that we started this because we didn't want to have T. Looney in here when either, he, God forbid, something happened to him or... Uh, you got into some uh, rap beef with somebody, and now everybody, right. all the outlets want to talk to you all of a sudden. Right. But when you right. round here anyway, nobody want to talk about you running a successful business. Uh, like we just got through talking about staying healthy, being a family man, being a husband. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. We don't talk about those things on those other platforms no. because they are vultures. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? And the thing is, um, people fear that. People fear the unknown and for us coming from the hood off the block the unknown is to grow to be a man to have mm-hmm. a family shit, mm-hmm. to know what it's like to chill in the backyard mm-hmm. Sunday mm-hmm. you know shit my biggest worry is to tell the boy to get your ass off of there right yeah. and right. tell the dog spit that out you mm-hmm. know sometimes we want to live that life I think what the biggest problem we got today in media hip-hop entertainment um cinema is that we mixing the lines. This shit is entertainment. When these lights go off, when these doors lock behind us, when these cars start up, you go home be a regular person. Right. No, so I'm not agree. a gangster. Right. No, I'm not a killer. If you push me, who knows what could happen? Mm-hmm. However, I have a job and a family to feed, Absolutely. and I'm doing that as an entertainer. You don't expect Denzel do no stupid shit at the work. Don't expect me after the studio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, and that's, that's real shit. That's the mentality we should have and hold each other to that rather than want to have a beef or see a beef. Absolutely. We need to alleviate beef shit, man. And we need to get and we need to change that beef and flip it around on the vultures and let them niggas know that we ain't having that. We like, need the 1960s and 70s mentality. Yeah, Marvin Gaye wasn't funking with the fucking Isley Brothers, man. You feel me? You know, Richard Pryor and them didn't have no problem with none of them other comedians. Why the rappers tripping with each other? You feel man. me? When yeah, I see you, I'm gonna do real. a verse with you. I wanna do a song with you. Exactly. I don't wanna fight and shoot with exactly, you. Exactly. And man, the music true. is what we're here for, is to build a bridge so that we can maybe get to being musicians, book writers, philanthropists, songwriters, mm-hmm. philosophers. Mm-hmm. We ain't supposed to just stay down here rapping talking this hood shit till we die, mm-hmm. man. We seem like the that. main record companies don't want the mm-hmm. positivity. All the positivity, what you just spoke on, they don't want that. They don't. They want the negativity. They do. that's what's going to fill their pockets up. It it's going to hurt our community, Absolutely. but it's going to fill their pockets up. So that's why. About that? That's why I say we got to sit back first, look in the mirror, and understand who you are as a man. 
Understand, you don't even know you yet trying to prove to, to the world who you are. Get to know who you really are beyond that lie you live in, beyond that car you driving. Who is the man in that body? Who is the soul in that spirit? Who are you? Mm -hmm. And then reflect that person. Be real to the world. The world going to accept you. Yeah. All you got to do is keep throwing yourself out there. You will be accepted. It's a room. It's a path. And now with all this media and internet, we don't really need them labels. We glad that y'all was there and a few of us climbed through y'all, but now it's bigger windows and bigger doors. You know, you used to be a small-ass bathroom window. These is patio doors now, man. You know, the thing is, I'm not holding nobody accountable, but if you can put somebody on, you're supposed to. If you can help somebody, because that might be the bigger artist between you and them. Man. You don't know. Man. So don't be scared to help somebody else rise. Yeah. That's the problem we got. Each one teach one, each one lift one up. I might not get over this fence, but if I can get you over this fence, in my heart, I believe you're coming back to get me. Yeah. Now, we got to go back, right? We got to go back to your early beginnings in this shit, right? So, uh, born and raised in Oakland? Born and raised in East Oakland, California, man. And, 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 and so, by default, I mean, born in the late 70s. Late 70s. Raised through the 80s, so technically an 80s baby. Technically a real original 80s real baby. Real 80s okay. baby. Like, real like the people born in the 80s, just to let them know, they're not 80s babies. Unless they was born in like 80, 81, no. 82. You're not an 80s baby. And let me clarify this, and don't let me catch you suckers out here biting my swag, because this is real game. You're not an 80s baby unless your motherfucking ass had a baseball hat on with a middle finger on the side of it. You feel huh? Me? With some hard 501s and a derby with the big letters and numbers on the yeah. back. Yeah. You're not an 80s baby, not an 80s unless baby. you rode in a Granada. Feel me? Huh? You're with not an 80s With a baby. knuckle top on it. Yeah, <laughs> unless you was here before D went to jail. Them is you know 80s baby. Them is 80s baby. And I'm not putting nobody down and knocking nobody. I just want you to stay in your lane. I'm not a 90s baby, so I ain't going to bang it. Right. I wouldn't have said I was an 80s baby, but since it's been clarified, I was conscious in the 80s of the 80s. Right. That's right. what being an 80s baby is. Absolutely. Not because you wore some fucking Adidas last week in a coat to match, or you be rocking Jays. That's not 80s baby. Uh, yeah, negative. Right. Jays came in 89. Now, now, growing up in the East around this time, you just kind of described a lot of it. Derbies. Granadas, like uh, people don't want to, you know, certain shit is town shit, and right. we just gotta say what it is. Granadas, Falcons, was on Hubbers. motherfuckers was on Hubbers, motherfuckers real had, had real pipes, not straight shooters. Yeah, motherfuckers yeah. had the pipe with the bottom on it. Yeah, they mean? wasn't knocks then; they was tweakers and danglers. You feel me? You feel me? <laughs> and. The, the term Dauphine Rental came because the Dauphines had enough shit going on in their life at the time to actually get a car to be able to rent it to you. Straight up. When y'all came up, the Knox didn't even have cars like that was worth even renting. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's different for us. Like, we saw the Knox when they had money. Right. And it cost a lot of money to smoke coke. No. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's a different respect. You niggas don't walk around. We always knew... That we didn't walk around knocking Dauphines out and shit because you might see him and Rita one day. And he gonna be big. He gonna be a monster. He gonna be And when up. he get home, he gonna be kind of big still yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. He gonna have a few rocks, but when he catch you, yeah. you might want to have seven rocks <laughs> for him. And Unc, and Unc gonna be tripping. <laughs> and so, so saying that, so I'm already imagining, you know, you, you know, well, I know for a fact, but just letting the people know around the time is Oakland had two skating rings. You know what I'm saying? Boom. Oakland had a family entertainment center next to the Oakland Coliseum called Malibu Castle. The you cast. know what I'm saying? Oakland, that was where? Uh, next to the uh, the empty lot. On 73rd. Basically, Behind the overflow Dennis. parking that yes. they park oh, at okay. next. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Yeah, okay, with a trucking company. Yeah, yeah, Malibu? Yeah. The castle. It was the, the castle. castle in Malibu. Yeah. And then home base 
was the other one on 73rd. So that gotcha. was basically Home Depot before Home Depot. Right, we right, had a right. Home Depot. Right. So, right, um, exactly. So I know what that's like. So just tell the people just because we since we since you are an artist, I want you to kind of like what was the because this is like your early influences. So what was like the soundtrack to your life at the time? What you hearing coming out of them Granadas and Falcons and shit? Back then, man, we was DOC, mm-hmm. Ice Cube, Above the Law. You got to remember, at this time, it was cassette tapes being sold in the stores as bootlegs. Yes. Two for ten, yes. maybe three for ten. Yes, in, so, the, in the wood case. So I was getting a lot of East Coast music. I was getting mm-hmm. the Redhead Kingpins, the Airbnb Rakims, mm-hmm. the Public Enemies. Mm-hmm. I was getting the Big Daddy Kane's, the Third Bases, because all we really had on this side was Cube, N.W.A. Short, Quickening from L.A. It mm-hmm. wasn't hella town shit. Mm-hmm. You had like Righteous Black Gorillas. You had a Scary X. Mm-hmm. You know these niggas was too deep though. Mm-hmm. Like motherfuckers, yeah. this wasn't no damn shit. This was like really what niggas yeah. was going through in the streets right. and seeing. You had the Black Muslim influence. Motherfuckers was on the corner with the newspapers. And shit it was mm-hmm, real mm-hmm. it was like you were seeing your parents in the house tweaking on the drugs and at the same time you watching new jack city and scarface so it's like yeah this is the shit i want to grow up to do this is what i'm being influenced to do and then you seeing your friends on the streets they mama's tweaking they brother selling the dope so the soundtrack was kind of like life is too short because right. that really was the soundtrack right. Right. we was wearing right. the blackmail homeboy shooting up to mr z's mm-hmm. you know getting the silk shirts for ten dollars or the silk turtleneck no i'm a real town nigga real town so, you know it with, the, with the cross cords yeah i'm talking about when niggas was riding um star wires and, and vogues and mm-hmm. craigs and shit mm-hmm. and then the zeniths and Dayton's came along back when niggas was riding on center lines in the malibus and shit mm-hmm. you know so it's kind of like center the soundtrack is like um, don't push me. I'm close to the edge. Cause mm. nigga, you stressed out. You get home, it ain't no food. Mm-hmm. You gotta wait for your granddaddy to come from West Oakland, get you something to eat. Ooh. You know, you, I lived in West Ooh. Oakland, and at times I, I I would walk the horse man on this side. Okay. Or okay, it was a time in my life I was separated from my family. I was in a group home, and in that position, I manipulated to get myself into Saint Elizabeth. Ooh. So I got into Saint Elizabeth, dealing with the people there, yeah. some of the members in the council. Mm. Here's the problem, and it's an honest to God truth. I would fucking walk from 102nd to St. Elizabeth every day with the fucking backpack on. That was the only way I could get to school. Damn. And I would walk back and eat when I got home, you know? Yeah. And I did it for a couple months, but it was too much for me. Right. I couldn't take it, so I was like, fuck it. And I ended up in the streets, and that's why I didn't want to end up. So the soundtrack was like all pain and all anger and all anguish and all hungry to make it. And then this motherfucker Tupac came. And he just made niggas crazy because he was like saying everything you was going through at the time. You know, it was like um, trapped, you know. No, they can't keep a black man down. You know, it was like digital underground. It was hip hop. It was like, ooh, I want to be a rapper. You seeing the symphony in the morning coming on Cool G Rap tearing shit up with Nas. And you like, damn, I could do this. You know, I'm like, ooh. Ooh, and you you saying your little shit. You know, you going to school, your partner's like, yeah, nigga, you just Do spit that, that shit. shit. Yeah. You know, but you don't really know yet. You, you still kinda trap. Speak, you kind of speak and spit so other I, nigga's lyrics. Right, okay. right. So I would say the soundtrack in those times was kind of like um, a gospel song followed by a hip-hop song. New Jack Hustler, word, I pull the trigger long. You know what I'm saying? 
Grip my teeth, spray to every brother's gone. Because shit. that's what we was. That's the shit. We grew up in the crack era. Mm -hmm. We grew up in the Hubbard era. We watched niggas get murdered. Mm -hmm. To the point we became numb to this shit. Mm -hmm. Death and all violence and all that shit don't mean nothing. Drug deals. Right. Getting rich didn't mean nothing in the game because you seen what rich led to. That OG nigga was going to end up dead, backstabbed by his bitch or his boys. Right. Or the feds was going to come right. get him. And then he was a snitch now. Mm -hmm. So it was like, fuck nigga, that game ain't got no out. Right. Right. So, so when did you, like, you getting all these influences from the music and shit, but, like, when did you discover that you had some talent? Honestly, man, when I was in the group home, I was torn because I was a kid and I had been doing, like, crazy shit. I'm in the middle of an interview, babe. I'm going to call you back. I love you. Yeah, I was doing, like, crazy shit, right? Grinding in houses for people. I'm a little kid. I'm like 12, 13. They take a total advantage of my little ass. Of course. And I don't know. I ain't got no sense, so I'm yeah. doing it. I feel like, oh, this little hundred dollars I'm finna get, I can eat or I can have some shoes or something. You know, so it's, so it's kind of like when I was in the group home, I was always to myself. I didn't know these dudes. I was like way in San Francisco. Okay. And I was like me and one other brother from Oakland, but I didn't know him. So I would sit in my room and I would have the counselor make me old school music, like just a mixtape. Okay. And I sit in there with my little old school Walkman, two batteries, boom. And I go, hey, listen, I'm listening to this um, Patrice Russia. Mm -hmm. And I'm listening to it and I'm, I'm vibing to it and I start writing something. And I'm like, oh shit. I'm writing more and I'm like, oh shit. And now I'm writing out my pain. Then later that night, I read it to my roommate that's in the room with me. And he jumped out the bed like, damn, nigga, do it again. Say it again. Mm -hmm. And my Frisco friends, they was heavy into like RBL Posse and um, Cool Nut and them mm -hmm. and um, 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 Cold World Hustlers. And, and they was like, you raw like them. And we listening to the shit. Mm -hmm. And so from that time, I remember going to see Menace to Society with the group home at the theater. And I was like, yo, shit. I could spit like yeah, that. Yeah. Like they made a movie about my life. Right. I'm like, nigga, this is me. Like we just wear 501s in Cortez. And it became like influential that I love music. I had a message, but I didn't know how to delay it. Mm. You know, it was like I was crying out quietly in pain. Mm. And the only way I could relay this message to get people to hear it because quiet is kept. We all had the same trauma. We all had the same post-traumatic issue. Right. Everybody had residue of powder and crack and shit on them. Right. Motherfuckers had seen crack pipes and scales at their house. Yeah. You know, and then we all humble up at school and bundle up together and get in class. Right. The teacher's stressed out. She barely making it. Right. So what kind of education am I giving? Not, not a, not a. I'm, I'm missing education. I'm missing nutrition. I'm missing religion in a sense, too, because niggas ain't getting up going to Hell church. No. Grandma done gave up on her. She mad mama smoking. So here we is. Motherfucker, all I got is this pen and this pad, this record player, and this big-ass speaker with this clear cord, this old-school radio with this knob. Right. And I just keep going back to the instrumental part of this LL Cool J song, and I just keep trying to write, and I'm balling up the papers. And I don't know shit about rap and nobody that rap. I'm just me by myself, a little-ass nigga. So when I come now, back... vibe at the time, is it more like an East Coast? What you think? No, the it's West just Coast me, it? because I'm too young. I don't know about all that shit. I'm just saying what I know and what I feel from an Oakland point of view. Okay. Because all I know is East Oakland and West Oakland at the time. Yeah. I had lived in Chicago, but I was a younger child. 
on the west side. Nah, that's that's that ain't nowhere to be fucking around at. Just nah, it ain't. PSA. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah. Don't even visit. Just yeah. going right past that motherfucker. <laughs> but, you know, so I had so much shit built up in me. I was, like, really articulate as a child and more mature. People always thought, as a child, I was a grown man. I remember I one night. I just told you. We thought that at first. My niggas got me to the nightclub and shit, and we finna go in Chocolate City. And I'm, like, freezing up at the door. And they're like, T, come on. And it's I'm like, Alameda. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I can't go in there. They like, why not? I'm like, man, I'm, I'm 15. Niggas like, what? <laughs> I'm 15, man. I can't get in that motherfucker. I got to sit outside and pop the hose. Right, right. Pull the car up and let me sit in the driver's seat and shit. I pop it the hose. Right. Nah, fuck it. I'm young. I'm stupid. I hold a gun. Yeah. You know, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, so y'all yeah, let yeah. me know. I get down. <laughs> I ain't got no sense. I'm just trying to be in. We was living the same. Yeah, this is all I got. This is my family. These niggas reject me in the neighborhood and at school. I ain't got nobody. Right. I got this fucked up situation at home that doesn't improve. Right. I can't be mad at moms because she grew up in these fucked up times and these broken homes as well. So all I could do is cope. I remember the food stamp lines, the donut lines at Island Temple. Man, we just talked about cheese, that. cheese. We just talked about The check cashing at the mall. The yellow owl. Yeah, the yellow owl. <laughs> Nigga, <laughs> cereal. You don't even know what the fuck in the box. It's called what? Cereal. Cereal. That shit say just, that shit say juice. It's off yellow. Ain't no fries in that shit. Ain't nothing in that shit. Nothing in that shit. The yellow owl is a fool. Hella ex, so I was an asshole. My mom was smart. She would buy me shit to make it seem like we ain't doing so bad. We ain't all fucked up on welfare. So I would like wear my my Jordans after school to be the nigga in the hood and wear like my XJ 900s and my pro kids to school, to school yeah, you know. Okay. I still have a little swag with a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything was hard 501s yeah. and 505s. Yeah. We didn't really fuck with nothing else because everybody shopped at East My Mall of Bayfair or MacArthur Broadway. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you might have went to Southland here and Man, there. Man, that was a stretch. That, so that was a stretch. Was that was a shit. You probably done fucked up during the week. You ain't finna get that, you know. Mm. So it was like growing up in these times in Oakland we growing up in, my influence was like, I wanted to be a rapper. I love music. I love all music, all music. I didn't want to be the dope dealer, um, gangster from the block, but you end up in that because, motherfucker, when you come outside, you live on 79th and Well. Right. Or you live on 102nd, right off Walnut. Or you live on motherfucking um, Congress, right off 50th. Yeah. You don't live in a rural area where niggas is playing. You live on two form market. Yeah, you, yeah. Nigga, you in the shit. You, you in the shit. You with the shit. It's on you. And then when your first time in juvenile hall is crazy because you see your nigga from Frick and your nigga that live up the street and you like, fuck. That's what we doing, huh? This how this shit start. Mm. Then you lose a homeboy at like 13 and you like, wow, um, shit's getting real, y'all. Then the niggas you grew up with, y'all kind of slowly break apart. Mm -hmm. Not that something went wrong, but life happens. Yeah. Motherfuckers always got to remember, life happens when you least suspect this shit. And then in, in that happening, this is the secret, this is my secret, but I'm going to share this. I'm not major religious, but I believe in God. God give us a mission. He give us a path to walk on. And in so much time, if you don't take that mission to walk on that path, he call you home. That's real shit. And a lot of people that got that call had to answer that phone, you know? Mm -hmm. So I tried to find a positive path out of that shit. And at the time, it was music. So when I, going back to my story, when I left St. Elizabeth, I dropped out of there. I got with Gov. He introduced me to Eclipse. I'm 16 now. I'm silent. Wait, so let me, let me stop you right there. Because that, that's something that we can't skip over. Like, that's right. the legend. You know, I sit back right. and we watch this whole podcast. 
is inspired by niggas doing real interviews, right? So when I right. saw Nori and Nori will tell you how he met uh, 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 Capone and, and they basically in Rockers Island, YA version of Rockers Island, or you know they start talking about some what happened with Cormega in the hood with some other nigga. We be like, okay, yeah. But when you say Gov introduced you to to Eclipse, now for the people that don't know Gov. Uh, Jojo Flowers, tell him, tell him who he is. Gov is one of the flowers. He was one of the dudes that was a hustler from Oakland, and he also was a rapper. Mm -hmm. He kind of fucked with Richie Rich and Pac and all them back in the days. And I was just a youngster, so Gov was like, you know, known to be this gangster in the streets and shit. But I lived on the same block as Gov, mm -hmm. in Congress. Mm -hmm. And uh, one day, I'm just walking up the street. I knew who he was because he dealt with dudes I would grind for and shit. Right. But I just didn't have a reason to approach him. Yeah. But at the time, I had told them dudes, I don't want to work with y'all because I saw what they was doing. They was using me. Niggas would just let me be a runner or a shooter till I was gone. Yeah. And even though I was young, I was like, no, fuck that. This my life. Yeah. You see what I'm yeah. saying? And so I was just walking down the street one day going towards Horace Mann, and Gov and Richie Rich was sitting out there, and I stopped. And I was hella grimy. I remember this shit. Them niggas was laughing at me and shit. And I, was, I felt bad. I was fucking mad, really. And I was like, I could rap. And I looked at Richie Rich, and I was like, no, I could really rap. Yeah. I was like, you got an instrumental? And I bust right there on the spot. Yeah. I bust hard, just a stupid freestyle. Everybody mm -hmm. knew that I was the freestyler. I had so much pain built up, yeah. I could just nigga deliver on the spot. Yeah. It was like a punch to your face. Like, what? You're not better than me. Ugh. Yeah. Nigga, yeah. see the lunatic. Right. And everybody be like, ooh, that nigga really could rap. So when I got with Gov, he was, you know, he always had something up his sleeve. This was the time of groups. The loonies had mm -hmm. slightly formed. Mm -hmm. Dual committee three times was mm -hmm. doing their shit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Ron and them was going fucking crazy. Crazy. All right. Then this shit happened. Gov introduced me to Eclipse one day. And he was a funny looking nigga too from 77. I felt some kind of way because at the time I'm from like the 50th area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. But <laughs> we started talking and I asked him to spit for me. And the nigga spit. And I was like, fuck, he better than me. <laughs> I remember this shit. I didn't say it to the nigga, right? Yeah. But I got nervous. I mean, my heart dropped. I was like, oh. And he was like, you spit. And I was like, fuck. And I spit like the longest fucking freestyle I ever spit. And the nigga looked at me and just went off. He started hugging me. He was like, nigga. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And Gov was like, y'all want to be a group? And I was like, I'll fuck with him if you fuck with me. And from that day, we kind of like formed this bond. It's like two niggas from East Oakland, little youngsters that never met. But everybody we know, know us. Right. And so we started fucking with it, making little songs. And our first song, the first time I was ever in the studio in my life, the second time I was ever in the studio in my life was with... Gov, Eclipse, Yuckmouth, and me. We did this song called Hustling is the Final Frontier. I never forget it. Don't let nobody steal you wrong. Player, you got to get your money on. Hustling yeah. is the final frontier. Yeah. All right. So now, now just for just for reference, I gotta I gotta have you explain this now because niggas is thinking about the studio now. Young niggas is thinking about going in the studio. They thinking about no, pro tools. No, they thinking about punching in. No. They thinking about all that. Explain to these niggas that 
you had to be raw, nigga, because this shit costs. So the studio back then, it was like 20-something an hour, and that was a lot back in like the early 93, 94. Yeah. But the problem back then is it wasn't a lot of room for error because my first studio sessions was on two-inch reels. Mm. So if you fucked up or the beat fucked up, we got to stop the session, keep paying, and splice the reel, tape it back together, hella shit. And usually you ain't the nigga paying if you the rapper, so you the nigga got to deal with some something. You gonna have to go yeah. through some, run usually another the bundle. rapper is the gangster nigga from the hood. Yeah, you yeah. got to go through yeah. some shit. So um, it, it was like you had to come in ready. Like me, I always wrote my verses the night before so that I could say them. So that it sound a lot of times back then you could hear a nigga rapping from the paper and going exactly. da 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 right. da 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 da. Right. Right. You had to make it flow smooth. What I had the gift that everybody said I had was my voice, the way my voice came across. And so in my voice coming across, I was able to deliver the best little messages I could with the best little impacts I could. But you had to be, man, you had to be on point. Yeah, I had to just stop you right there because I always want niggas to understand. Like, it wasn't the same when I was in the studio, my first time in the studio probably was with Bruh and Stone when they was doing International Blood Funk. And I seen the process, and I was like, wait, this shit ain't That was, and let me tell you, because I'm on that project. That was eight dats, four big-ass VCR tapes. Mm -hmm. And them motherfuckers take an hour to line up. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The beat be cool, and the other piece of the beat be cool, but your verse be like two bars off and yeah. shit. They got to yeah. rewind these motherfuckers and do it again. Hella, hella time-consuming. We in a blessed era right now. Punch button. Push a finger. So uh, was you going to the grill, too? I was. I birthed the grill. I remember uh, Lev... The first time I did a song with Lev was uh, Young Guns, me, Ian, Richie Rich. And we did that up at the top of motherfucking, like, 35th, 35th. somewhere in Lev. No, nah, not on Fruitvale at that house. Oh, not with the sliding door. No, nah, we was at Lev Mama House in the basement. Lev built a little studio, no bigger than this. Yeah, that was the grill yeah, at yeah, first. Yeah, that's the one I, remember I went to. It yeah. was just a little yeah. tube, not bigger than this, like a sliding door right here. Park Boulevard at the yeah. top, yeah. Then he moved it over to Fruitvale, and that's where we recorded the Seidel album. Now, in recording this Seidel album, like, did y'all have a concept going in? Did y'all sit down and talk about it? Because let me tell you something. By the time I got a wind of it, right, I was hearing Seidel, 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 but the first time I, I, I got it was, like I said, I went to jail. <coughs> so <coughs> this shit was on BET. Right, so I'm like, wait a minute, I know this nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? What's going on? Like, you know what I'm saying? And I and I see, but what was most impressive is, you know, we had the dog pound, we had uh, what other groups was out here? Like, it was a few more groups, right? We, of course, we had our groups in Oakland, everyone we named. But the most impressive thing to me is how lyrical niggas was. I couldn't believe it. So I'm gonna be honest with you, and this the honest to God truth. We was just some young niggas trying to get the fuck out of Oakland and out, away from harm. Like, we didn't want to die young. We were so mature, these was the conversations we were having night. Wow. I'd be sitting there in one corner with my gun and shit in my lap and a bundle. He'd be sitting in the other corner. He was on 7-7. Them niggas sold Bammer weed. Right. So that nigga have a trash bag full of weed, but that right. shit would go in a heartbeat. Right. And we would be like, we got to, you know, move to Atlanta or something. Get out of here. Everybody dying, you know. And shit ain't cool. Niggas falling out. And so... Our goal was to stay out the streets as long as we could. It wasn't about making no dope album. It wasn't no concept. It was like this. All eyes was on us. Niggas was comparing me to Pac. Niggas was comparing me to so-and-so. I was having battles with rapping Ryan. What we wanted was to succeed. 
We wanted people to look at us and say, yeah, that's my niggas. I know them. Yeah. It, it wasn't about trying to be bigger than nobody or nothing. Now, Black we was fucking 16. was from your area, though, right? Yeah, Black I grew up with them niggas, Dion them, y'all. Yeah. And, and uh, y'all was on Handlebars. We was on Handlebar Records, and we got signed to East West Electra. And so the biggest problem we had accumulatively was that we were very mature for our age, so we weren't like a kid group. We was talking about shit niggas was talking about at 19 and 20, Nasdaq was rapping about. Right. And the bigger problem of the problems was we was really backed by gangsters, yeah. all right? And we had some knucklehead shit we was into. Right. Now here's the flaw. We're an East Oakland group backed by East Oakland gangsters, and we're signed to a East Coast record label. They have no idea what the fuck to do with us. Right. Yeah. Well, just to even fit in, we had to come with Adidas, we kept the hard fires in the nights right. and threw the peacoats and the little pimp hats right. on, right? So, yeah, and, and you're speaking of Hollywood video, right? Exactly. So, Hollywood, on Hollywood video, <clears throat> well, not fuck the video, the song, first of all, whose idea was to start those verses off with old school verses? I'm going to give you the game. We was a family, paraphernalia to the mob. We had done a few songs before the Cidal album. Yup, Looney's, Drew Down, Three Times Crazy, Seidel, Richie Rich, Swoop G. It's just, just we the hot that's boys for the like hot boys. That's a cold We some niggas that's just hungry and we going in biting. And the goal is compete with each other. So we had this dope ass motherfucking album. I'm talking about Seidel, One Step Beyond. We beating their ass. We do not have a single that the labels will accept. Mm. They won't because we're from East Oakland. Mm -hmm. They like that ain't the that music ain't yeah, we yeah. be fucking with. Yeah. We can't. Right. Yeah, okay, so cool. The Loonies did I Got Five on it. They big as shit. Okay. They working on their second album. They got this song called Hollywood. They coming with these old school verses. Hmm. So we ask them, can we trade songs with you? We got a song that they really want. They like, yeah, no. We not trading no songs with you. So then Gov being Gov, hollered at their manager, C-Note at the time, being C-Note, and they made that happen, and they gave us the song, and they stayed on it to try to give us a caboose because they could see, and they already knew because they had this jump start on us, right. how this industry act towards Oakland niggas. Right. Yeah. All right? Right. They just happened to hit that one right beat, bring back that right song. Us, we brought back Buffalo Gals, and we just East Coast record label behind these East Oakland niggas. They don't really understand it. Right. Right? And we didn't paying homage. How do you pay homage to those that come before you? Right. Mm -hmm. You then mimic that verse and throw your twist to it. That but was hard. critics say y'all was biting. Fuck no. You didn't make that. Yeah. Fuck no. They didn't understand young dudes bowing down to the people that came before them saying, look, these was the great to us. These was the dudes that could help us cross this bridge. You know what's crazy about that? Yeah. Rap culture and people would criticize that at the time and say that, right? But how many times, just really real shit, and this is his peer, this is not an OG to him, how many times did Hove oh use Biggie shit? And he Every it, chance he gets. And he always calls a band homage. And what I'm saying right. is, but they peers though. <laughs> right. They not, that y'all, yeah. what y'all was doing, right. it was so, for the OGs. So remember this part of the story and the interview, ahead of my time, even today. Hell yeah. Ahead of my time. Hell you listening yeah. to a 16-year-old tell you 
how he cried blood and bled tears, spit bullets and shot lyrics for dead peers, paid off cops to pop them when they were least expected, sniffed powder to make sure that the key was perfected. 16. 16. Spit that shit. Lost clients and workers all in the same suite. Late night talking to rap and rhyme, I can't sleep. Cities infested with coppers like a kitchen with roaches. Young niggas that living down the block ferocious. Smoke shops, watch cops, no death approaches. That shit, that's crazy as fuck. They right? looking at us like, who wrote that? And, and let's say 16, and what year are we talking about? We talking about fucking 96, 95, motherfuckers like... Come on, man. So a lot of people so didn't know what to do with us. To the, to the label, like we shot trying, the label. Probably. We shot the label entire album within three months. Now, in comparison to, let's just say, let me think of an executive that they say don't is no. In comparison to Suge Knight, what would be the difference between a Suge Knight and a Gov? <sighs> Gov wasn't trying to hurt us or take from us. The thing you have to understand that I understood then that people didn't understand is that, man, we all a bunch of East Oakland niggas came from the same situation. We just landed in a whole nother. We on a fucking island. We don't even speak their language, okay? Right. We don't even dress like these motherfuckers. Right. They fly us to New York. We got on long jean heel figure fits. Nigga, we right. got on Rolexes at 16. Right. It's 104 fucking degrees. Right, right. We, ain't, we don't even fit. So Gov was learning. And in learning, what do you do? You make mistakes. Fuck up. Now, now for, for, for reference also, let's say how old was Gov? Gov was 20-something. Yeah. 25, 26. Yeah. Gov was oh, damn near fresh off YA parole. Exactly. Yeah. He's a young so, yeah. And he had other situations that also superseded us getting further in the situation we was in. So it was kind of like we was dealing with ultimately some grown shit, some grown nigga shit, and then just our own internal teenage shit, never being a child. You know, like Michael Jackson syndrome. You ain't no child in East Oakland. You a little girl, next thing you know, you on the corner, some man, nigga running, you a, you doing something slick man, for the money, you a man, little nigga. Man. We started out pumping gas on Bancroft. Then when niggas kept denying us, we started out snatching purses in downtown Oakland. Then we came up on some quarter ounce money, nigga, and it ain't been no looking back. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, either you kept carrying that sack or you found a way to cross that bridge. Right. So the thing to me was, I didn't hold him accountable when he got angry, he didn't hit me or hit E or none of that. Niggas kept G's. We always had G's. We just didn't know what to do with it. So we would grind and do what we knew we was doing, been doing. Right. I had enough sense to save my money go get a crib. What's crazy is everybody got the same story because when you hear, uh, when you hear Keek talk and Keek just say, you know, they'll talk about what money he got for the album. But that's not the thing that we we're don't. talking about, right? Because no. people don't realize money up front is just advances anyway. Yeah. You got to go off um, what this album do. Let me tell you the problem people have in my heart with the money. The money can stop with that album, but the opportunity can go on forever. That opportunity. That like that opportunity back then, even though I didn't get whatever money I may have felt or people felt I should have got or however... That opportunity is why we sitting here today. That's exactly what I'm saying. And also that I man could have caught you up, caught you up in some, <clears throat> how some of these rappers was in that fucking seven to eight album deal. Yeah. Well, not only am I not going to pay you, nigga, you can't go get no money with nobody, nobody else. else. Well, I knew not to sign deals like that. And I knew that Quiet is Kept, even the deal we signed wasn't good because we were 16 when we signed the contracts. Was any parents there? 
No, wasn't no parents. Same man. Thing. You know the situation. Right. So, yeah. So we were working on the whim. We was getting some shows. We was following with Drew, following the loonies. The little niggas sidled. They was trying to be somebody. The niggas you sat in class with and ran the halls. They didn't want to die in these streets. I didn't want to die here in these motherfucking streets, man. And um, I didn't want to kill nobody. You know, that's the thing. You you can only push any man so far before the savage side come out. It's gonna happen. And you always embedded with this because you around this. It ain't no normal shit. Like uncles to just, you know, take you to the park and shoot ball, play catch. We own 24-7 gangster shit. Right. Your little cousin just shot somebody. Your partner done raped his girlfriend. Right. Uh, the dope de dealers looking for your mom and them done broke in the shed and stole the bundle. Yeah. They might whoop you. Now yeah. you scared for nothing. Now it's hella shit. It then is. you got this music shit, and you trapped in Oakland. We trapped out this motherfucker. Yeah. I remember going to L.A. feeling like I was in Australia. Yeah. Now that you live a different type of life, do you ever, because I do this all the time when I look at my daughter and I reflect, and I be like, her fucking problems is like, you know what I'm saying? The problems her and her friends talk about, like, God damn, this shit is lovely. That means like, yeah, we have real grown man problems. Yeah, like I'm like way jealous of her, man. Like you yeah, gotta, that means they you, got you, you, you did your job. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. you you came from something so fucked up that you wouldn't even dare allow your seed to go through that. Right. You wouldn't even if you had a sack you was sniffing on or some alcohol you was drinking, you was finna back up off of that when the time came. Man up for your baby and do what gotta be done. Right. That's what the shit about. Right. And the thing about it is, um, the music is forever. You ain't always gonna blow up first. You might blow up in the ninth inning. The dopest shit you is. might learn or say might come right before your last breath. Mm. 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 But you've been standing at that door your whole life waiting mm. on it. You mm. forgot to live your life and shit. Ooh. You know? A, I ain't looking to make the biggest hit in my analogy. life, man. Okay, I'm looking to talk to my people. That's a cold motherfucking analogy, man. That's the real shit, man. The game is so deep, right? Um, people just look at us in the layer of little clothes we dressed in and the little hen of weed they smell, and they pass judgment. You don't even know who you're talking to. You don't know what you're talking to. You don't know what you're dealing right. with. When you listen to this music and you depict it from your little small-minded ass angle, that's because you ain't sat back and even looked in the mirror to get to know yourself to imagine who the fuck I am. So <laughs> now, let me, now let me ask you this, because I, I always wondered this. <clears throat> on, on Cell Block compilation, mm -hmm. on 80 Ounces, is that y'all talking? On Rich song? Yeah. Because in the background, I heard the yeah, that's us. One Step Beyond Bomb. I said, that's, that's them niggas. That's like before we ever really started laying songs and shit. We was just oh, in the studio. Oh, y'all the studio. They get, they get that young energy. People. Yeah. They, they like these young niggas well, got us turned. We had style. We was grinders. So we had a little money and little cars, you know. Um, and we, all the East Oakland hustlers knew us. We was just little T and little E. So yeah. it was cool to come to the studios and hang with niggas. Y'all was just popping y'all shit then. And, 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 and we was good little dudes. We weren't like, man, we won't be no problems when niggas came. We not start no shit. We won't bring no bad crowd. Right. So it was like, we cool to be around. That's how it was easy to work with us to get us a deal because our image wasn't so drowned in negativity. So the, so the, relationship, the relationship with Richie Rich is paraphernalia to the mob. Right. At and, the, at, and, and like... So, because he's on another song with y'all. Yeah, we got a lot of songs. A lot of songs, but I don't know. Uh, what was the one? T. Looney and Mr. E. Young Clinton. Guns. That was Young on his Guns. album. That was Half on his album. That was the first and, song we did with Rich. And that was on Half Thing. And the reason I, re I was tripping off that, because I always tripped off Half Thing, because I always tripped off D-Shot, got an executive producer credit on that, right? Right. That came out on Shot Records. Right. If you go back and look at that album, Rich right. was fresh out. From getting caught with the half thing in the wall, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. right. 
And right. um, and so that I love that song though. That's why I'm just you know I'm thinking about it, it always playing my mind that's anyway, start, whether I'm man. listening to it or not. And that's some cold shit for y'all that to be the beginning. You that's know what I'm saying? Well, we came into it with niggas that it's Oakland, it's flavor, it's niggas in whips, niggas riding vets and Benzes, and it's the baddest bitches you ever seen. Niggas got Rolexes full of diamonds, so you got to play your part. You ain't got all the shit, right? But you still got to know how to play your part and, and, and paint your perception to the people. That's what made people think well, I was older and he was a little older because of how we carried ourselves because of the people we were around. You couldn't be right. goofy and shit. And you consciously aware of the shit you're going through and you're into. Mm-hmm, you want mm-hmm. this studio time to last forever you want to you going so crazy because you know what you're going home to or you know what you're going back to the block to i was a dude that and this is some real shit you guys anybody in the mob you would have to drag me off the block i wouldn't leave the block because i didn't want to be broke i feared hunger you know i feared not having somewhere to lay my head and i always express that to my niggas like I ain't really got a family like that. So I got to do what I got to do. I would be in the studio and shit, and they'd be like, T, what's up with the verse? And, and, and I remember one time, the engineer, John Endo, he came in, he like, T, you got the shit in your mouth? And I had like 30 rocks in my mouth. Damn. But I was spitting the verse. Damn. And then I spit the rocks out, and I wasn't taking. And he like, man, when you going to quit that but shit? But niggas wouldn't <laughs> take their rocks out their mouth. Nothing. 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 Because, you know, you couldn't drop piece to the man. That was the bundle. You couldn't get to the half zip if you lost three rocks, man. Right, you right. You'll never get to it because you would go get another quarter and you right. fuck off the extras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, ah. Nigga go to quarter pound and throw his count off. <laughs> so, so, um, and so fucking, fucking with Rich and, and getting that experience, I'm sure that was, he signed, he was, he was on Def Jam shortly after that. The after that, time. yeah. So, and y'all all paraphernalia to the mob now, um, when y'all got signed to Electra mm-hmm. and y'all did uh, Condoms and Cuties mm-hmm. with Adina Howard, mm-hmm. was she y'all label mate? Mm-hmm. So that was the alley oop from the label, basically. Like, we trying to get y'all niggas. Yeah, so. Is we... it a video? No. So they dropped the ball? No, they didn't. Okay. That was on the movie soundtrack to uh, uh, Adam Wayans uh, and Damon. Damon Wayans and Adam Sandler. It's a movie. It was a dope-ass movie back in the day. Bulletproof. Bulletproof. Is that right? And we got paid for that. We got our credits and everything Damn. for that. And it dropped the ball on that one. Okay, okay. So here's the thing. We were signed to East West Electric. What nobody knew is we had friends that niggas didn't know we had friends. We were signed with Buster Rhymes and Flip Mode Squad. Okay. Rampage. Okay. Levert. Keith Sweat. Adina Howard. Okay. Is that right? So y'all had folks. Man. So when we get invited to shit, it be like, What? The fuck? Like, I remember one time we got invited to a breakfast in L.A., and I'm, like, sitting here talking to Gerald LeVert. Yeah. And I'm sitting here, like, you know, I'm trying to be cool and shit. Yeah, like, yeah. I ain't no bitch, but yeah. I'm like... This Casanova. Yeah. I'm sitting here, Romeo, and never been friends. You know, I'm like, wow. And so I I learned to get over my starstruck. We had good friends like Jamie Foxx. He fucked with us. Right, right. Crazy as kept one time me and E spent the whole day in L.A. in the studio with Jamie Foxx and Rudy Ray Moore. Oh, <laughs> is that right? Wow. A nigga, whole day. That was the coldest day in the world. And Jamie Foxx is just like us. Yeah, he is. He though. ain't no yeah, different than us. Yeah, I was around Jamie. He ain't Jamie a nigga that had no jewelry, none of that shit. Just a regular cool motherfucker. Yeah. And let me tell you what blew my mind about Jamie Foxx. Mike Tyson, Vegas, the f- night fighter that night of the fight. 
Me and my wife walking down the strip, she dragging her feet and shit. We done missed a little piece of fight, of course. So I stop in at the casino and everybody tell me, everybody going over to Caesars. So I'm at Caesars and it's big, nigga. It's genuine, it's Jamie Foxx. Tell the motherfuckers, we standing in this crowd. And I look at Jamie, he look at me, and it's all these people, nigga, paparazzi. He like T, what's up? Damn. <laughs> I shrunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nigga, I shrunk. I yeah. was like, oh. Yeah. My wife like, he talking to you. I'm like, yeah, he talking to me. I go over there, what's up, my nigga? Yeah. We went to a party that night, invited us to. And um, after that, you know, we didn't get to really intertwine with him no more, but we got to meet a lot of amazing people. You get to meet great people, and from those people, without them teaching you, you always learn something. A smart man always takes something back home. When I when I was, in, in, just to uh, revert back a little bit about condoms and cuties, when I listened to that, and I listened to the lyrics, and niggas say, and then I make your bed rock. Mm-hmm. Like, when you hear this shit later on in life and mm -hmm. so many songs, like, what do you think? Like, I'm like, this is, like, some original shit that yeah. people use. Mm -hmm. Later on, you hear, like, Lil Wayne and his crew got a whole song, mm -hmm. I Can Make Your Bed Rock. Like, well, the thing is, being ahead of your time, remember, to get away from the pain, niggas watch them cartoons, the Jetsons, the Flintstones, Scooby-Doo, uh, He-Man, uh, Thundercats. So... I would incorporate small pieces of reality into the music to touch you. I would say shit that would really you'd be like, huh, you heard that? Rewind it. That was in the days of rewinding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nigga, rewind that. You heard what he said? Yeah. Eclipse of Prince of Darkness. Whenever the dog hits, I feel my heart get to beating and you busters be my target. PM is cold hearted. I'd be like, did you write that, E? Like, yeah. rewind that shit. It did just you, come did out. Did you know when you... Because I don't think rapping Ryan or Diddley knew either. Like, did you know there was punchlines and metaphors? Did you have a clue? Or did you just like to rap like that? Because like no. you said, Redhead Kingpin. I'm sure uh, Grand Pooba and, and Brand Newbie. And like, this shit is embedded in your head. You don't you don't really see it as a no, I East wrote, Coast thing. I wrote poems. This is the funny thing. And then I'm going to be honest. None of my raps ain't raps. They all poems. Okay. I just say them with aggression. Mm. Is that right? If you look at a rap I write, it's just one long sentence. Mm. There's no breaks, there's no commas, there's no capitals. Only I can say it. Only mm. I know where to put the emphasis because it's a poem. It's coming from the heart. Right. So a lot of people, I don't know how they do it. I know Yuck, he has a certain style he does. Eclipse, mm. he would go in the corner and write his rap. Like, nigga, we doing a song together. What you saying? He yeah. wouldn't do that. He would yeah, go he over there, and when he come back, you know, like, if your shit ain't right... You lost this one. Right. Everything is a competition. When we go in the studio, we friends. But like they say, when the helmet come down, fuck all that. Yeah, it's time to Keep, go. You ain't finna get me on this one. Right, e, right. You ain't finna get me on this one. Um, yup, you're not winning this one. Right. Numb, no. Yeah. Huh? I would always try to hold it down. Like I remember one time Spice One called me. And he wanted to do a song with me. And I went over to the studio on Alameda to Mike Denton. And he had the sick ass song. Pop, 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 goes my nine. And I'm like, ooh, that's dope. And it's like this. Boom, 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 boom. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And he went, and he was like, you feeling it? I'm like, yeah. So I sat and I wrote the poem. <laughs> and then he like, you feeling it? I'm in. I, I started spitting the verse. And halfway through the verse, this nigga Spice One busting the sound booth. I'm spooked. I'm like, damn, he ain't feeling it. He like, that's what the fuck I'm talking about, nigga. <laughs> he like, shoot that shit. 
<laughs> it fucked me off. I have started over and shit. But I, yeah. you know, it's like when people do that, that's what's energizing you. That's what's like defining you. That's like saying, ooh, I'm being accepted by the greats. Right. Like, right. like people don't even hail niggas like Rich and Spice one no more shit. But that was like the niggas we idol. That was like our Elvis Presley's nigga. Right, right, right. That's what we knew, Pop. Right. Right. All these niggas, this is who we love. Right. So for them to feel you was like the accept, you accepted me. Mm -hmm. The acceptance. And in the acceptance, that's when, you know, you started becoming. So what was the what was the turning point as y'all dropped the album, right? When did it turn into when it just when did it just turn to you on the block grinding and being who you is every day to wait a minute, this nigga a rapper. This nigga a star. Like, when is your partners and your folks starting to just really stand up and take notice? Well, I always freestyled on the block. It was kind of like a nervous thing I had. If I'm bothered by some shit and I can't really explain it or talk to people about it, I would freestyle and shit. And it would, like, also take other people out of stress. You can see it, man. We kids fucked up out here. We in the streets. Right. Um, and I knew I'm like an entertainer. I got jokes. You got jokes. I got raps. We're going to get through the day. We're going to share the knocks. We're going to get through the day. For sure. So um, just after doing, like, some songs with the Gov and a feature here with Rich and maybe, you know, a, 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 a song with the Loonies, then we start having talks about labels looking at us. And then once the label signed us, we got a few dollars, like maybe 10 Gs a piece. And it was like, we can't jeopardize the record deal. Yeah. Because in theory, besides us, it's all we got. So what was that? What was that like? Also, like in Oakland, you got the delinquents, you got uh, shit, who riders, you got fucking uh, um, um, the loonies, you got fucking all these groups, right? Rapping Ryan and Diddy Dog, mm -hmm. Bad Influence. What was that co competition like? Because to me, y'all like was like the cream. Y'all rose to the top fast. Like y'all instantly with one album and, and, a, and some features was in the rankings and in the talkings of these guys. Like. What was that like? It wasn't what people thought. It was like I said, we was running from the streets and death. It wasn't even about them or nobody like that was on a nigga mind at 16. A nigga wanted to survive at 17. A nigga wanted to make it. So it was a blessing when you were around people. Some people accepted you, some people didn't. Yeah. You know, you just had to keep being who you were. And right. don't let nobody break your spirit. Yeah. We all so sensitive individuals, because remember, we all broken. We shatter. It don't take much to just crumble. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I never really latched on to people. I always stayed to myself. I'm a real to myself person, even to this day. Uh, I just, when I'm around that person or those people, I appreciate that time and that moment. And like I say, I'm learning whatever I can from it. I'm taking from that moment all I can. And then I'm going to work with that later. You know, it's kind of like um, when I was around Ryan and Diddley, I saw us. Mm -hmm. Same struggle, same pain. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up with Vidal, mm -hmm. but somehow I didn't make it to music with him. But I grew up with him, right. so I knew, you know, what he was going through. And um, you just, you know, these people because we all lived in this small atmosphere. Right. Small At some circle. point, we bumped heads. Santa Rita. Um, juvenile Hall, AC Transit, the Dance at Fremont, the motherfucking Carnival at, at, at Frig. Yeah. We all crossing paths. You fucking with my cousin, I'm fucking with your sister, I don't know yeah. your sister. Yeah. So it was like six, six degrees of separation all around. Absolutely. So to me, it was just a blessing. You know, like I remember meeting Coognut, right, in the studio in West Oakland one time. And the nigga told me, UT Looney? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I'm thinking, <laughs> 
you know, I never dissed nobody in rap. Yeah. We had a problem. I'd be like, you know, we could yeah. figure that out. But yeah. I didn't want to take my talent to put people down. Right. And so I remember meeting him and shit, and he shook my hand, and he gave me this serious look. And he was like, you my favorite rapper. Damn. And when he said that, I was like, my name, Coop Nut, the yeah, Rebel that's yeah, Max yeah, yeah. and I was like, nigga, no, you my favorite rapper. I'm right. like, nigga, you one of the first rappers I listened to yeah. because the town didn't have but short. So then you got to cross the bridge. You got to listen to Coop Nut, yeah. the Cold yeah. World Hustlers. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so Coop Nut shit was banging. Yeah. We be in that big ass douche in the quarter ride yeah. through West Oakland, about yeah. eight deep in this motherfucker. Yeah, I love and that Coop shit was yeah. So you be like, yeah, that's that. So. I didn't have what people have is like an anxiety separation. I love East Coast music. I love the Ghetto Boys Down South music. I loved, um, nigga, some of my favorite rappers was them EPA niggas. They was fucking raw. Uh, 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 everybody likes a Vega. They're, Come on, man. Uh, uh, fuck. No, I'm, no, no. That's the Frisco niggas. Totally insane. Oh, totally it was a quick, totally. like, growing up in yeah. PA. Just sit back and listen. Check yeah. on what you're missing. Them niggas was raw. I like them and niggas. I was you like, them niggas, niggas can't have They still around. Total insanity. They I spent the same that. shit. Rest we, in peace to Coognut, too. Yeah. Rest Definitely. in peace to Coognut, man. I, I really used to love, like, it's some of, some of my niggas outside who I grew up with, man. And we used to just ride. And, like, Coognut may have been on. West Coast Bad Boys. Right. That was one of my favorite songs because my brother had passed away at the time. So he was talking about his dead homies and shit, right? So I just rode to that shit so much, man. And uh, I listened to it not too long ago, man. But so you, that now that you got the album out, mm -hmm. everything is going good. Y'all touring? I'm not doing a whole lot with this because it's more like a mixtape to say, hey, y'all. Uh, okay. Guess who's back and guess who still got it? Okay, yeah. right. Uh -huh. So this is a warm up. This is a. I'm still feeling myself. Where am I at in this shit? Where do I fall? Music has changed. Um, the, the way you present yourself has changed. Um, really, you don't even require talent. No, not at all. So I got everything but what it takes. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. not at all. I that, got the talent. You ain't you got. No, you ain't got no clout chasing. I don't have that. no clout like that. I'm not a millionaire with hella whips to just show and jewelry. Or I have to fake. Y'all wouldn't nah, do no gimmicks. You don't, nah. have the, you don't have the capacity to be fake. That's, nah, another, I, I, that's I, what you don't have because all these niggas really don't I don't I don't practice that because I, I, I also have kids. Yes. So I got to be real. Gotta be and they know daddy real. Dad's yeah, a real yeah, man. My yeah. wife know I'm real. My friends know TST. He ain't yeah. put nothing on it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I I make up some shit sometimes. Yeah. But I don't put a lot on it. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like I'm just trying to find my groove in the music. I can't keep telling the painful ghetto stories. I wanna be the motivator. I wanna be the East Oakland Will Smith. Mm. You know, it's time to aim high, man. We all know about this grimy shit, killing Damn each other, genocides. We all know about this shit. We, we, I want to rap about gentrification. All these rich motherfuckers, but all these empty spots I just seen riding through the east. Where the rich niggas at? Yeah. Talk that rich shit, walk it, nigga. Where your investment land? That's why I told. That's why I said, nigga, right. don't need to pull no car up on me trying to be right. impress me. So my thing ain't no is, motherfucking car like a car. Somebody you mean gotta, you can drive. Somebody <laughs> got to take the game kind of back into hip hop, kind of. Eric B and Rakim, extra lyrical yeah. but still hard, yeah. kind of paint this picture in Kendrick, this ghetto. Kendrick ain't flossy at all. Kendrick ain't flossy. As big of an artist he Kendrick is. Kendrick has yeah. so much pain, and when he shared it, it touched us all because he touched everybody's pain. Yeah. So he was all the way accepted. I think yeah. I think uh, Mozzie's success is that also. 
I think if you look at Mozzie, he's going to always win because he's speaking to the people that ain't spoken to or spoken for. Right. He represents exactly. the, the slimiest people in America, and so right. they're going to always ride with him. He ain't because he don't. It's not right. any. You know what I'm saying? I, and I've never been that way because my shit has always came from a place of this is reality. You know, I've never been a happy rapper. I ain't got yeah. a lot of party dance to jump right. on music. Right. But I got some shit that'll motivate you. Like, yeah. nigga, we gonna right. make it. We yeah. gonna be all right. Yeah. Just how we gonna do it. Yeah. Um, like in this one, I'm telling you, when you listen to this one, we ain't gotta sell dope. Like I was saying when I did the song with Fab and Stylin', and I was telling E back in the days when the label dropped us. Because of some shit that happened, it was like, I went to, yeah, they dropped us, Governor got in some trouble, and it was big trouble, and they was like, hey, we can't fuck with y'all. That was it. Y'all niggas is not rappers. So who who was signing people up there at the time? Uh, Sylvia Rome personally signed me and Eclipse. Sylvia Rome. She signed us personally. Sylvia Rome has a lot of history out here. That's what I wanted to say. Who is it? Sylvia Rome. She's still doing business. She does. And so when they dropped us, he was grinding down here in the 90s. And um, I had got married at the time and, and kind of like let the street shit go. I was like working little jobs and just, you know, I wanted to make it, man. And I knew that you got to start from the bottom and work your way up to get anywhere. And uh, I came to the block and I was telling him like, bro, you don't got to do this and shit. Like, come live with me. I got this house. I got a whole room and bathroom for you. Like, we can't be in these streets forever, man. This shit ain't forever, and it ain't vainglorious out here. You got to do so much bad shit to get to the money that one day you sitting up looking at the money, but you can't look at yourself. Right. You know? Right. So I would tell him, like, come on, man, let's get away from this. But he couldn't see the change. Sometimes people don't see past tomorrow. You know? They stuck on yesterday. They reminiscing on what they had. Remember I had to, remember I was on the, yeah. man, I'm talking about what I'm finna get, what right. I want. Right. I'm aspiring. I'm right. dreaming. Right. I'm, 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 I'm living it forward. Yeah. And so that was the thing. Niggas always want to stay niggas forever. I wanted to see the black man side of me. That shit is important. Hell yeah. I wanted to see me raising a family. I knew what it was like to grind, run from cops, beat up a nigga, pop it a nigga. I know what all that's like. Uh, fighting with the cops and really getting the shit stomped out of myself, yeah, yeah. butt naked in the hallways and shit. Yeah. I wanted to see if I could get up and cook breakfast and get my kids to school on time. Mm. I wanted to see if I could deal with opening a small business and just being accepted by a, a whole different community. And I, you know, I struggled with it all, but I, I, I was able to do it. And in doing that, then I look back and say, damn, that's crazy. They making movies and shit and shows and music out of our real life pain. Right. So right. why aren't we making something out of it? For real. That's crazy. We have to make some. We have to become the new Tyler Perry's, man. The new yeah. Oprah Winfrey's, man. Yeah. We got to look past and above and beyond all this bullshit. Yeah. We got to really be. We got to be the new Cameos. We got to be the Absolutely. doorway to open. Like, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it like this and don't take it wrong. So many people paved the path that I walked on that when I did shit like said a person's piece of a verse or I said a little piece of pock shit or I said a little piece of Humpty shit. I'm just letting you know, nigga, wherever you at in this world, that I wouldn't be here without you. Right. And I appreciate if a lot of niggas step back and think about what I'm saying and remember, you wouldn't be here without me. Because them record labels also had to look through my eyes to see this shit as well. Okay? We all had to play a part in this shit. So niggas be talking about they on top, they run the bay, da da da. You don't run shit with your mouth, nigga. Right. I'm saying it personally. Tomorrow Holloway. Right. All you niggas stop that. Humble yourselves and come on back down to earth. Yeah. Ain't no record label here. Ain't no motherfucking office here. Okay. It, it, it ain't even no talent shows here, really. Right. So that's what we need to focus and work on. 
Getting people their car back. Getting people their jewelry back. That's that slave trade shit. Where's the Black Wall Street shit? Right. If you know what Black Wall Street is. If not, look it up. Right. Yeah, I, I, man, man, thank you for saying that, though, man. You just kept it real, motherfuckers, and that's what we here for. You know what I'm saying? Like, Straight we up. just sit around and wait for motherfuckers to give us a job and say, hey, nope. man, let us be journalists, man. Can we? Like, this ain't, we ain't living in them days of time, man. We living in days of time of independence. You yeah, have to do what you want to do. You have to do what you passionate about. It ain't, this shit just ain't no joke. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I'm giving a nigga enough pass enough with motherfucking Instagram and YouTube. You better utilize I, it. I, I just deleted all that. I don't need all that on my mind. I got enough right here in reality of life to focus on. I don't even want to deal with all that shit. What I want to deal with is being the best me I could be. And I ain't achieved that yet. So I can't focus on what the next people doing. No. You know, them little messages. You know where I'm at and where to find me. You want to highlight me? I ain't hard to find. 687-FAVE. Uh, 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 4971006. I got the same number since Metro ever came out. Damn. I, if you look at the first album I ever did, which was produced by the Mechanics, the first rapper they ever produced, if you open up that album cover in the autobiography way back in like 2004 or something, it's the same phone number. Yeah, it's, right, in, right it's in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm that T. I'm the same dude from way back. Yeah. Skateboards, BMXs, Mavericks, Granadas. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 Chevs, Cougars, Benzes, the same T yeah. from the blocks, the same hoods. I always stayed me. That was the thing. A lot of people lost they self. Got yeah. involved so deep they had to go away. Got involved so deep they fucked their soul off with that dope. Uh, 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 fucked off their kidney. Uh, you know, mm. the thing is, I stayed me. I wasn't going to let the streets take me. I wasn't going to let the niggas take me. And I wasn't going to kill myself. Absolutely. Not. Most of the time, we our own biggest enemy. And that's the most fucked up part about it. You ain't lying. So, I, only thing that I that you said in that that I don't 100% agree with is the social media aspect of it. And this, let me tell you why. How I look at it, I don't need. I've heard. I just heard him say this on the radio is why I'm bringing him up. But I don't know if you heard of the white dude Gary V, right? And I'm and I'm bringing him up because. He's always talking about how we don't we start using this shit for the wrong thing, right? We don't capitalize. We don't capitalize on what we supposed to, right? Because this is how I look at it. You're a walking, breathing, living legend, right? You don't have to give yourself the credit because it's not your responsibility to give yourself the credit. I can't. Right? It's supposed to be me. It's supposed to be us as journalists. It's supposed to be us as fans. We supposed to give you your credit and give you your roses while you're still here. That's the concept. You know what I mean? Saying? A lot of people miss that concept. But so when I, I say all that to say, the social media is the way that the world is going now as far as keeping up with somebody, right? Because everybody called me and asked me earlier, man, I'm trying to look up some, some bullshit on T. Looney where I need to look. And I'm saying it's not as available as everywhere else. Now, right. what, what I do love is it's not like some of our other legends where you can't find shit. Right. Like, you yeah. still got shit on. Mm-hmm. This shit is on Spotify, iTunes. Like, so what right. I'm saying is you in that time capsule. Mm-hmm. You available here right now. Mm-hmm. There are those rappers and there are those people that want to contact you and say, T. Loon, please come get on this song with me, man. I'll do whatever you need me to do, OG. I'm ready. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's 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 what we need to use it for now. The other shit that's on there, that's absolutely. Bullshit. That shit yeah. is yeah. bullshit. That shit is dope. And, so that's, and that's on that's us to have discipline yeah. and not indulge. Not so indulge. Yeah, and, exactly. and, and, and to say that on that note, what I'm doing is I'm I cancel my personal one, but I'm redoing my T Looney one because I got a lot of throwback shit. Yeah. And I put it there to remind people first. Right. And, and then it. they seen the right. Fab video thing drop, and then it's just gonna come back. Boom. The whole shit is gonna be my new video. The visual, the reintroduction, right, and then now we can go from here. And because I would love me personally, we, I, I mean, I'm into merch and shit. Like I ain't just trying to like, you know, niggas running around with Metallica shirts on and don't know one album, right? Don't know what album. You know what I'm saying? Don't know no artist. But what I'm saying is, I, I, I was a fan of y'all. I was a fan of Delinquents. I love to have a Dank or Die. The track jacket right now or a t-shirt you know what I'm saying I love to wear old school shorts those are available but I'm just saying for all of those legends that's from here you know what I'm saying now uh, something that we didn't talk about that I wanted to talk about that that when we was talking about paraphernalia to the bar I wanted to talk about uh, Swoop G LBC and Swoop Mm -hmm. G being from Southern California can you because we we not we, we we haven't had a chance to have him here at the show so can you tell the people how he got in the mob and how that happened? All right, so in the mob, everybody's got their role and they just characters. At the time, B.A., this nigga was like the wildest motherfucker in the world. Three times crazy. Bart. Mm-hmm. And he had a knack for making the oddest fucking friends. Right. So him and Governor went to L.A. I remember that shit vividly. I didn't want to go to L.A. And them niggas came back with Swoop G. <laughs> and I'm like, uh... Where y'all niggas find the whole crib at? Yeah, yeah. And how did he get back out? here? Yeah. I'm talking about the khakis, everything, cuh, yeah. cuh, cuh. Yeah. Every time you say blood, he, oh, come on with that, cuh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he got the rags and shit. I'm like, for real? <laughs> real crib. I'm looking at E like a crib. Yeah. Real. You know, but Swoop assimilated into the mob. Yeah. Um, Good dude, wild as fuck. L.A. dude, but what Gov was doing was trying to draw that L.A. crowd to us. And Swoop had been somewhat kind of outed. Everybody wanted to be part of Dog Pound or Death Row. He was just around the realm of it. Right. He wasn't totally in it. But he was going to throw that up because everybody wanted to be a part of something. Right. So what we did is said, hey, let us show you something. We We brought you to the town. Now you stand out different. You Swoop. But he didn't get the I'm Swoop G L B C love in East Oakland. Right. But he got the acceptance of the mob. And yeah. He made good music. He brought a whole different that LA bounce. Yeah. Everybody know yeah. LA got that bounce. That, yeah. And we needed that because our music yeah. had a tendency to be dark, right. a lot of pimping, right. and a lot of dope dealing. Right. Yeah. Okay. And we didn't realize that we was digging a hole. Yeah. We wasn't That's making it shit. to a chart. Yeah. Right. We wasn't making a difference. Nobody knew us. Our right. masters didn't mean shit. Yeah. It, this nigga, this is not music. Right. Right. This is good noise. Right. But where's the check? Yeah. So that was the thing that at that time, it was the Motown experience. You learned everything but the business. Right. Yeah. Right. You know how to do the music. You know yeah. how to fuck with the engineer. Yeah. You know when your tracks sound a little Ain't off. Nobody yeah. teaching nobody the business. Percentages and points, uh, contracts. Um, but the secret I had in the back of my head the whole time, remember, is that my contract is null and void regardless. Right. So I'm just alone for the ride and whatever change I may pick up. Yeah. And I was tucked that money 
And along with the little street hustling money, I was saving. I would yeah. just keep saving the goddamn money, you know, until me and baby girl could do something. Right, right. And then that's when I made a change. And everybody's like, oh, you stupid, you get married, da 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 Every nigga said that did. Wow. They're in jail the rest of their life. Wow. You need that stability, that man, whole foundation, man. What is man. the, what is the, what is, build what's the complete sand. life shit, right? It's not meant for you to be a man by yourself the whole yeah. time. No. Yeah. That don't even make sense. You can try it. And you, you can't even build up on nothing but a solid foundation. Even if you do it and get away with it, like, I have to feel like during your life you felt like you had a void. Like somebody want to wake up to somebody. That's like women yeah, who I mean, say, uh, they don't want no kids. Yeah, that's not you. Yeah, you you, you yeah, probably you just can't have it your womb. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but you, yeah. you the weakest without your woman because she the only one who can point out the flaws and you're willing to accept. And go keep it all the way, uh, all the way a thousand. Keep it so much a thousand is stink. Soon yeah, you hurt. squeeze in the skinny jeans because yeah, yeah. everybody else fucking yeah, with it. Yeah. And you come down the stairs, your wife and your kids gonna tell you, nigga. <laughs> you gonna slide right back up there and find the most same dusty ass five hundred one. Come on back down with the right attitude. Keep me on. My kids be like, "Daddy, pull your pants up." Shit like that. So the thing is, um, everybody don't aspire to grow to be a man and have a family. No. Right. Um, you come from a broken home and he's so going to go through all the shit I've been through, and you watching Bill Cosby and them on TV having a fucking ball the whole time. Man. You might want a piece of that. Man. You know. You know what's you know what's proof of that. Soon as T.I. got his chance, he did to Bill Cosby. That nigga opened up his reality show with kids mimicking Bill uh, yeah. because that was the Straight shit up. niggas looked at. Yeah. Every nigga in the hood was like, shit, I got to catch the Cosby. You got to start paving the path for the ones before you. That's what the music is like. Watching the Cosby's was like going to your people house who wasn't fucked up. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Like, we didn't even know black music. people had those type of right. lives. Right, right, right. Because it'd be like, you go to your aunt's house, they finna go in that room, and y'all finna yep, go in that room. Yep, yep. And you're going to smell the shit in a minute. Yep. And then they double back down and did a different world. Some other shit we don't know nothing about. College life. Yeah, we like, what we the We missed fuck? that. Man, and so our college was these streets. Yeah. Our families was these niggas we all of a sudden culminated with and became a part of. Uh-huh. Our, our, our Thanksgivings became our picnics and our parties, our sideshows and all of a sudden, we a different type of family. Yeah. You know, and so the thing is, at some point, every man going to mature and grow. I do feel that in my heart. Everybody going to grow at a different time and a different pace. Sometimes we expect more out of people than they got to give at the time, and sometimes we not expecting what people going to give. And for those that couldn't make it, like Eclipse, rest in peace, like, is it is is, is in your heart of hearts, is that God's plan? It is. Or or can or do you have any control over what happens? You do have control. But you gotta understand yourself and how to control yourself first. And if you're so busy chasing the world, you don't know the man chasing the world. Right. Then you could put yourself in a bad position. Yeah. Because you're after this money or you after this short term, you know, um gratification. So, like I say, God got a plan for everybody and it's just you're going to walk on that path or you're going to stray from that path long enough he's going to call you home. Um, sometimes it's by accident. Sometimes it's by design. Sometimes it's a mistake. Sometimes it's a choice you make. Mm-hmm. But if you have the choice and the consciousness and you make the choice to stay in a certain position, then you have to accept the consequences. Well, you will accept the consequences. Absolutely. So I just say that was God. But in losing Eclipse, I got one of the best nephews in the world. 
And his son is like a light-skinned version of him. Act like him, look like him, same jackass. So I ain't really missing yeah, a yeah, whole yeah, lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? He's yeah. a little same Louis clips. Yeah. I call him right now. He'll say some same shitty clips and say, well, you just hang up the phone like, okay, that part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's my boy, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I miss E a lot. I understood what he was going through and his pains. He had family shit going on. And, um, you know, everybody don't deal with the streets the same. Everybody ain't the same mature. Um, everybody don't have the same discipline. You might be mad at a nigga and got an AK at home and like, fuck that. Knock this nigga down right now. And some people be like, this nigga lucky I'm a good person. Right, yeah, right, 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 right. I was the dude that always tried to go with the, this nigga lucky I'm a good person. Right. Because the easy part is killing you. The hard part then is not getting killed by your family member, getting told on by a nigga, Absolutely. called by the cops. Absolutely. I got to spend the rest of my life like that. So it's easy to go do this shit I'm doing because I don't look over my shoulders. How, uh, how did you feel as far as music after he passed? After he passed, I was tormented. I had a lot of pain because what happened to me that nobody understood was the world only knew Seidel. Nobody knew T. Looney individually. Mm. Oh. Oh. People stopped fucking with me like I had done something wrong because I got this God-given talent. I would come in the studio and go the fuck crazy. And you know I'm coming for you. But it ain't about you. It's about I'm giving it everything I got right now. Yeah. Like this is the last verse I'm ever going to spit. Yeah. And if you listen to every verse I ever spit, 90% of them sound like that. Like, this nigga spit this like, they ain't never letting him in the studio again. I got a hunger for this. When the music come on, I lose it. So when I lost Eclipse, I had to start totally from nobody. Mm. You kind of feel that? <clears throat> I did an album. Right away when he died, I did an album, the autobiography. I put him on the cover with me and everything. And that's the mechanics. But I didn't know the mechanics of putting the album out. Music changed. I didn't have an A&R. I didn't have a label. I just had me. So what year did he pass? He passed, I think it was 2000 or 2001. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then um, when he passed away, you know, I had some situations where his mom felt like I couldn't use the pre-existing music without dealing with attorneys. and I understood her point, but at the same time, it's like, I ain't got no attorney money lady. Right. I just like, I just like spent all the money I had on flowers for the funeral. Right. And like, um, this all I and got. He would, and he would want you to put it out. So... What I did with his music and my music is I burned it. I burned the last Idol album. It was the raw shit you would have ever heard from East Oakland, even to this day. But in order for nobody to ever feel no way like I was trying to get over in any fucking way, I totally let Idol dissolve. I stopped talking about it. I took the tattoo off because I was hurt. I didn't like the way some of my peers treated me, so I took the mob tats off. I was like, fuck it then. I'm me. I'm T. Looney. And then I started doing what I... Remember it in the beginning. The goal was to do verses with people and beat the shit out of them on that microphone. So, Gov was in jail before T. Looney passed. Before he passed. I mean, excuse me, my yeah. bad. Before, before he, he passed. He was in jail. He was in jail he the was whole in jail. time. So was, he didn't was, make it to was, the funeral. Was the mob already dissolving? Pretty much. Mm. Everybody was going their separate ways. The loonies was platinum. They was full of themselves. Drew was Drew down. He was full of Drew down. Three times was... Falling the fuck apart. Keek was headed towards his solo path. And I was just kind of like, damn. Didn't know which way to go? Or 
I knew I didn't want to be in the streets. Like, no, I didn't know who killed E. Was somebody mad at me too? What was going on? I wasn't scared of nothing. I was actually looking for niggas, like pulling up on niggas' spots, bouncing out like nigga. You know what I'm saying? What's happening, man? Talk to me. And then I thought about it, like, bro, he did that. He put himself there where that happened in that shit. You tried. You begged him to come with you. So at this point, the only thing you could do is keep being you, and for him, be the best you can. So now, when his son calls and say, "Unc, I need to get out of Oakland," I come get him. I take him to my house. He got his own bedroom and bathroom. Yeah. Same shit you offered his pops. Unc, come get me. Unc, I need a few dollars. If you hit me now, I'll stop by and shoot him a few dollars. Right. So E still there with me. I still got E. I still yeah. got him. Yeah. Right. And so I had to reinvent me. And doing that, I had to reinvent me. Right. I'm no longer the C Soaking Street nigga. I'm not claiming seminary or 50th or Walnutter. I got to reinvent T Looney's. I started with Tamar. Right. And I built from that. Right. And then I remember who I was. People would be like, T. Looney, what? You that nigga? Okay, and then once in a while I would get a call, mechanics. Hey, we need you to get on something. I would get a call from somebody, Key, come feature on this with me. Yeah. Tom Capone, T, come do a verse. And um, it kind of built me back up to give me the strength to say, okay, let me do an album. Then I would start working on this album. It was taking like fucking forever. I was working with all these artists, Harm, and this person, that person, but it wasn't coming to nothing. So yeah. I found this one little cool producer around the way by me, Spider Beats. And he had this flavor, and I would tell him, I like the old school shit, you know? I want to do like the old school shit. And I would give him old school beats, and he would like give them to me, and I'd be like, nah, I'm hella picky and finicky. And I told him, like, I'm not being critical of your beats, it's me. Like, right. understand, I understand me. Right. I'm hella finicky and right. shit. Right. All right, so then he started giving me shit, and I started coming back with it. And before you knew it, I came with this little project. And I got a lot more music just stashed away. I have a lot of music. I just never share it with people because I'm so to myself. Yeah. Like, if you was at my house in the garage, I could play, like, 30 songs back to back. Yeah. To where you'd be like, blood. But it'd be like, the music different. Yeah. Music right. today is different. I ain't knocking it, but it's different. I'm speaking fluent words, and yeah. I'm speaking with clarity. And, right. and and shit is different and I don't know if I fit in to be honest. I know I still got my time. Well this mumbles. is this is the reason that you fit in because no longer is it about satisfying the label. Hip hop itself right. has grown up, right? We've grown into what country already always was. We always wonder how those country artists just keep going on and on and on, rocking them joints that only hold 200 people, but he in there with his guitar. Yeah. You see this motherfucker got a Bugatti. You like, well, how the fuck is he doing that? Because the consistency of those 300 people coming out in every city right. means that he probably has a loyal 12,000. 15,000 fans that'll buy a shirt, a ticket, and everything on tour. So if I can satisfy 15,000 people with a $300 care package of merch, a ticket, and all that, shit, that's a pretty damn good living. And it's definitely <laughs> an ear for everything. Yeah. You know so, I mean? so Because a lot of us grew up on hip-hop. You know, and, a lot, and a lot of things. I'm 49, is all I listen to is rap music. <laughs> you know you I mean? haven't even met your biggest fan yet. Exactly. And the reason I say that is because if you look at a lot of your music that's uploaded, it's weird little white boys that got you, Cool Nut, Killer Tay. Right. Like, this right. is what he got in his mind that was the shit. And so, this is what he uploaded. And it's a, a lot of people shopping for lyrics. It's a dude on Instagram. I'm going to give him credit. This boy's Instagram is house reps. So I'm looking at the shit one day. This nigga's got every song I ever been on. Wow. He got every album I ever been on. Mm. 
Look at that. He got the first Seidel promo cassette tape. This nigga got the Seidel bag with the dice and the blunt inside with the blunt man throwing up the mob. Wow. And he like, I'm like, bro, fuck is you? He like, I'm Gerald. He like, I love you, bro. You raw. Damn. I'm like, where you at, bro? He like, I'm in Germany. Damn. <laughs> I'm like, how the fuck you hear about me? He like, man, I love you. I'm like, bro, how old are you? He like, I'm 28. That's crazy. And so people like that keep me going. People like Mike, That's what they, they keep me going. Yeah. I grew up with this man. We was fucking kids. We yeah. dice in his living room. Right. This man will call me just the middle of a Wednesday and be like, T, we got to go do this. We got to go do that. We got to do this. And I'd be like, man. Do that. He'd be like, T, I'm going to be there at such and such. We yeah. got to go do this. We got to go do that. And it's the people like that that remind you that, hey, you're not a rapper. You a talent, man. Right, right. You, you, you a gift. You like game when you walk in the room. And you also are somebody's soundtrack. Exactly. You got to think, for me, at a point in my life, you was my soundtrack while I was in jail. You was getting me through jail. <laughs> That's you know crazy, nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to think. So... And, and within that, we can't be selfish within ourselves because there's people that right. really appreciate your and art. Me, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and so now that you're doing new music, what will you, what, is it going to be the same or is there anything in a new era that you like about rap? Because like we said, there are the Kendricks, the Coles, the Isaiah Rashads, the, what, you know. They, what I like now is that you could be more uh, pro-black more positive, more uplifted, and it's more socially accepted. Yeah. yeah. Like back in the days, Public Enemy tried it, they drowned him out. Fucking X-Clan tried it, they drowned him out. Yeah. Fucking Ascari did it, they drowned him out. Right. I want to hear that nigga shit. Nah. All right, now you have a Black Lives Matters yeah. window. Yeah. Now you have a We Can Do It. Right. Now you have a Keep Your Head to the Sky. Right. So now I want to kind of still be me but still kind of push towards more of that. I want to be the positive song on the soundtrack. We know we got niggas that could do the negative, flip, positive, pain side of this shit. We want to do the positive, flip, the negative to this shit. Right. We want to make this shit to where when you play this song, this shit feel like, remember when you first heard Kanye West, The Good Life? Yeah. That shit felt good. Man. Felt real good. Yeah. It was a fucking Slap. rainy morning. Nigga felt was like, bad. nigga, yeah. you, you done pulled up in front of nigga yeah. house. Come on, blood, we going to Owls. Right. Nigga then came outside like, blood, it's six in them Owls ain't open. Yeah. You just that I want to be that person. Now. Right, right. Like when you hear my shit, it, oh yeah, this that's the end. Yeah. I don't want Motivation. you to get mad. Right. I don't want you to throw no magazine and nothing. Right, right. I don't want you to slap a bitch. Right. I want you to get motivated. Right. I want you to know that whatever you doing, do it well. Do it smart. Do it with brilliance. Yeah. Do this shit, man, with excellence. Be the best at it, cause that's what we should be doing. Whatever platform we own, whatever level, niggas grown. The man. plights of life that we come from only lead us to raise and rise above absolutely i we, got i gotta ask you this too why you giving that motivation out and you want to do that type of music because people don't know we had and diddley here too and a lot of people don't know he has a barbershop as well as you do right mm -hmm. so you got a successful barbershop in uh concord correct right, exactly and uh what's the name of it it's called tj fades tj fades now um and I see, I have seen good promotion of your barbershop too. I, I didn't see like shit out in the streets or in windows yeah. and flyers and shit. But uh, having that, making motivational music, being inspirational, like how does that feel? How does that feel to go from where you went from to being a business owner, having a barbershop and doing your thing like that? 
in a, in a different community than your own. What it was is, um, and this will take a second, but I'm going to break it down for you because it's something that people need to understand. In my transition and not want to be that nigga no more, to become that black man, you become lost. It's like you lost in this time capsule in this space where you're not accepted. You're trying to work at Macy's, a Safeway, a Costco, but you ain't like them. Right. You're going to tell a motherfucker one time, somebody getting slapped. Right. The manager, you ain't finna talk to me like that. I knock you, I will beat your ass all up, down, out, now. Absolutely. Okay? And I don't give a fuck. I don't work overtime. So you got to revisit who you are and learn how to become a part of this new world. This is a whole new world. Yeah. Right. Ain't no knocks out here. Right. Ain't no bitches out here. Right. This is women and men. Yeah. This is bosses and shit. Yeah. A boss ain't a nigga with no money. A boss is a motherfucker that gives you a job that comes with benefits. I just wanted to put that out there on the record. Damn. Uh-huh. Usually a check, a stub, and you can um, pay taxes on it. And so I had to recreate myself, but I didn't like not being accepted. I got this fucking suit on and these uncomfortable shoes. You're still acting funny with me. Yeah. This check ain't a fucking enough. Right. So I tried hella shit. I went to school, Cordon Blue, culinary arts. Fuck, then it was time to do the apprenticeship part, and I couldn't afford to do an apprenticeship, go to school, and pay my mortgage. Right. So I had to walk. Right. It's another loss, hip-hop. Um, I tried going to National Holistics. It's a massage therapist school. My wife hounded me so much about that shit. It was a wash. So I needed something that I could do. I'm a service person. I like to deal with people direct. I had always been cutting people, but I never thought being a barber. I was at, even at the time cutting people at home. And right. I never thought about it. But one day she came home. There were so many motherfuckers in the house. She was like, absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It was a nigga there making a sandwich and hella yeah. shit. So that was the nail in the coffin. Yeah. yeah. I even walked in there like, ah, nigga, I know you're not making a sandwich. Yeah, man. Oh, that was it. Yeah. My she wife saw is saw you at the kids' lunch meet. Man. Nigga, you tripping. Yeah. Oh, man. Fuck. They had the Lunchable halfway open and man. shit. It was curtains. So in that, I took you know, the chance. You know, niggas drink like I scraped up the few pennies I had. I went and leased a place. And I didn't have shit or nobody. I didn't know nobody in Concord. I took a kitchen stool and a chair, and I started cutting people. I scraped up some money. I put a wooden floor in. I scraped up some money, got some chairs from Costco. I scraped up some more money. I got some seating chairs. I, scraped, I remember I bought my first flat screen TV when they first came out. It was motherfucker was $700, 32 inch. Yeah. I, I still got it, too. Yeah. Still in the shop. I wish a nigga would touch it. And, uh... I, 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 I'm going to tell you the secret behind this business. I said a prayer in there on the floor by myself, and I just thank God for what I had, and I admitted, yo, I'm scared. I don't know what the outcome going to be. I don't know where this is going, but I want to do the right thing. Yeah. Boom. And I opened up the next day and made 1700 Wow. <laughs> and uh, I opened 2006, sometime around in February, right? And I have worked every day since then, seven days a week. Damn. Even today. Damn. I work on Memorial's Day. I work on Christmas. I work on Easter. I don't give a fuck. I go to work. Yeah. Because the goal is learning people in business. It's a lot to come with people in business. Love me one week, hate me the next. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm the shit one month, I ain't shit the next. Right. Some ups and downs. Right. And in learning people in business, you're learning life in cycles. And life in cycles and systems and people in business, when you put it all together, you can find the success in it. 
It's like a bunch of circles spinning, and your goal is to line them all up to become a circle spinning. Mm -hmm. So I work every day because the goal is I'm learning how to work, and I'm learning how to make money, but I'm making it. So when my next step in life, that's when I should achieve wealth. Right. Because I know how hard I got to work. I'm the janitor, the barber, the counselor, Man. security. You're looking at what? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, 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 um, I'm everything I got to be for this business and my family. Yeah. And then at the same time, I'm T. Looney. Right. I'm still that guy. I got to supply these people that got a hunger for this. So it's like you juggling a lot. You still got a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. But the success of the business is that I just work every day, and it's not a job. It's my business. Right. I own it. Right. It doesn't own me. Right. I just give it the respect it's due in order for it to give me what I need. Yeah. And so that's important for people to understand. It ain't to say, listen, y'all don't work every day of your life. It's a miserable shit. But <laughs> yeah. it's to say that, you know, with all the responsibilities and bills I have, I'm going to carry this weight. Yes. And I'm letting my black son and my black daughter see, you ain't got to be no dope dealer to do this shit. Hell no. Nah. The world is ours. It belongs to us. Yeah. We got new shit out here now. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Black yeah. CEO. So right. I ain't talking to Black Wall Street shit. I'm walking it. Right. My business is one of the only black-owned businesses in Concord and all black employed and also all black artwork. Wow. What kind of artwork Say that shit, man. Um, a lot of hand-painted pastels and, yeah. Anybody yeah. that can do art, I invite them to come in. If you're a graffiti artist, I'll pay you to paint the walls. Mm -hmm. I just want you to be a part of the experience because it's an experience. It's a little piece of that Black Wall Street. That Black Wall Street exploded. They didn't burn it down. It exploded into the universe, and it came back in little chunks all over the country. Right. And if right. we could take all those black businesses and put them together, then we collectively still have that Black Wall Street. Yeah. Right. See, you, know, you know what's crazy is you still live in hip-hop. I do. You still hip hop. You said I invite these artists in to come paint these walls. You know why? Because you beat street. Mm hmm Yeah. I am. I'm you old school. Yeah, yeah. And so that shit that shit is in you. It ain't on you. You know, you really live in that shit. Remember, the fashions and the fads come and go. Right. The money come and go. Yeah. The art is forever. That's why you can go listen to some Mozart. Right. That's why you could look at uh uh, anybody Picasso painting. That's why you can listen to Anita Baker. Yeah. Because that art is forever, and if it's in your heart, you'll forever long for and find you can that. Listen to T. Looney, like so you can forever <laughs> listen to T. Looney. Yeah, so the mixtape that I threw out here was also like a reflection of my business to say that I can keep going. I yes, can succeed. Absolutely. And and yeah. then the mixtape is my motivation to make another song. Better than the whole mixtape. And then just remember this one how song. we used to want to, like, if our local rappers used to say shit about what they was doing. They talked about they car and you seen them in it. Right. It's like, ooh. Right. Like, like if Rich rap twice blue, white inside, go zines and vogue. He pull up in it. And right. you like, ooh, that's that motherfucking car. Like, right. you know right. what I'm saying? So, so my thing is, your customers that, that, that's at the, that the barbershop with you, they see how you living. See, so if you rap yeah. about your family, you rap about your wife, you rap about your business, they like, oh, this shit is real. They do, but I, yeah. keep them, I keep them separated. Like a lot of my customers didn't know and some still don't know about the whole Saito T. Looney. Um, right. Because sometimes when you tell people shit like that, they don't believe it. Yeah. yeah. Like when you tell somebody, hey, man, some people think I'm like a legend. They look at you like you're out your fucking mind. Cause they don't know. They, like they gotta be like legend. at the mall with you, and somebody just, be they like, just, they just know. The like, 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 like coming to America when they yeah. went to the bathroom. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, what right. the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> 
So like what I do is um I support all my local artists. I listen to everybody's music. Uh I nobody reaches out to me as of lately for music. If they do, then I do they it. They will after this interview. I don't want money from people. I just want to keep the music going. I don't want your little verse money. I'm not that type of person. I make plenty of money. Yeah. Um it's not even about the money with me at this point with the music until I can establish an album worth selling to the public. Right. Or and having the in, masters. You know? you know what I'm <laughs> right, saying? Right. To say this is my masters and this is a fucking this is an album. Yeah. To me it ain't an album. And it ain't Oakland, nigga, till you got in Vogue on the song. Yeah. It ain't an album, yeah. nigga, till you got the 415 on the song. Yeah. Nigga, it ain't an album till you got 357 in the background saying something positive. It ain't an album without the Black Panther skits. Remember where you came from, nigga. You know what I'm saying? It ain't an album without the Oakland shit. When I, when I talked to, um, when we, we had Filthy Rich up here and he talked about retiring and talking about his last album. Mm-hmm. And we had a couple conversations and I was like, you know, I just suggested Raphael. Like, if you're going to do something, you're going to wave goodbye. Did you hear how good Raphael sounded on Rick Ross shit? Like, it's just like, I was thinking the whole time, like, why nobody from Oakland got a song that sound like this with Raphael Sadiq? It makes no fucking sense. A lot of times, what I've experienced is a a lot of different artists, everybody's looking for a caboose. Yeah. Nobody wants to pull somebody up. Yeah. So you might write, reach out to somebody and it's like, who are you? How many followers he got? Yeah, yeah. People aren't judging you on your sheer talent. This ain't the time when you take somebody in the church and say, sing. And the preacher be like, you in the choir. Nah, they want to the see your Instagram. When, yeah, you got to have 10 luxury cars and some weird bitches and four fake houses. And then they'll fuck with you yeah, and your rap. Visual. Yeah, your rap be garbage as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I ain't going to diss nobody, but you niggas know y'all need to come correct. Yeah. Want to hear that bullshit. Yeah. And so it be like, I feel like we in this weird ass dimension right now where the talent don't actually fucking matter. Yeah. You know, if I run out tomorrow with Lisa Corniche, Hit Foothill, hit Bancroft, hit three clubs, bounce out with like, I don't know, 500 grams and hella diamonds on that thing, then I'm the nigga again. You know what's crazy? It might be it might be hella funny to do it as a joke and rent all that shit and then just, just talk bad about it. I got man. that. I got that. And so here's the fucked up part about me. I look at this shit from a flip dimension. We the jewelry. We the car. Absolutely. You the Rolls Royce, nigga. You yeah. the Bentley. Yeah. You the Porsche, yeah. Corvette. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You the thing that I would cherish. I wouldn't even see the jewelry. Absolutely. It's the conversation. Yeah. It's the dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't cherish material. It come and go. Niggas don't even know the story behind diamonds. Diamonds ain't even really worth nothing until worth you shit. buy them. Yeah. And once you buy them, like a car, they ain't worth shit. They ain't worth shit. All right? Yeah. Niggas don't even know you buy a house and you still don't own the land. You don't own the minerals and the rights. Learn something, teach something. Yeah. Fuck cars and jewelry and shit, man. That shit come and go. That shit is temporary. Yeah. Life is temporary enough. How you gonna latch on to temporary shit? Grab something that has um meaning. Yeah. Grab something that has life to it, that gives life. Yeah. Not that it takes life. You yeah. teaching people to go out and pay for shit they never gonna own and when they own it it ain't worth nothing. Yeah. I'm teaching you to go out and grab something that gives life. My business is small. It's tiny. But it feeds families. Right. It right. also pleases families. When you ain't got the money, I got you. Right. Motherfuckers come in. I look down. This nigga headed to 10th grade this morning. His mama rushing him to get the cut. But I want to know what's up with the motherfucking shoes. Right. Right. And they looking at me crazy. And I'm like, fuck that. What size is them? Yeah. And he like them, them, them 11s. 
And I'm like, give me them, I'm gonna give you these. Cause I keep on some fly shit. Right, right. And now they feeling some kind of way. Right. Now they wanna do something or give something, but I don't want nothing. Right. I just know that that's what I would have wanted somebody to do for Look me. Look out for me, hell yeah. And hell then yeah. just to let him know shit real, I'm gonna wear them shoes a few days. Yeah. So yeah. don't be embarrassed, nigga. This is life. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Like I say, artists don't reach out to each other. And when some artists do, people, I done been this. Nigga done told me you can't get on my shit. I'm I'm too big. I'm too rich. And I'm like, shit, yeah. maybe I should call my accountant and see if I'm fucking up. Yeah, see. <laughs> but then <laughs> I thought about it I like, rich? then I thought about it like, think that nigga got an accountant? Fuck nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Type yeah, shit, right? Yeah. So it's like, I prefer you to see me for who I am. And don't love me for my money. Absolutely. Because if I if I expose the money thing and you love me for that, then I only see you as for what you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I'm going to come to you, some nights in a t-shirt and shit, and then we're going to go from there. Right. And then we're going to see what kind of rapport we could build. Yeah. Because that's the importance of it. And so in the Bay, the music is beautiful. It's just that people are pushing away from each other like it's funny. I just ran into Pooh Man at the store. And I was like, damn, that's a trip. Just yeah. Right yeah, I just ran into Pooh Man. Yeah. Like, he just ran into T. Looney. Like, yeah. that was some shit. Yeah. And I, I was talking shit. Just tell that nigga Mike Epps next time he come, I want a cap. One right. on one. Right. Cameras right. and shit. Right. Look, ugly motherfucker. You hear me, Mike? Look, ugly ass. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, we have to stop rejecting each other, hoping the world accept us. Like, once, and this ain't to diss E40 in no disrespect, but I heard E40 say how Dr. Dre never messed with him. And that's funny, it's like an echo, because I've heard so many artists say how E-40 won't mess with them. Yeah. You see? Yeah. And so it's a small echo that only gets bigger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the ego thing is about it. Right. But I feel like talent should always recognize talent Absolutely. and accept it. Absolutely. You ain't got to do a song with every goddamn body. Yeah. But, you know, spread the music. Like, when people ask me, you got ask a million people, if they... Don't got the money, or if I'm like, oh, give me a G, and they ain't got it, I do it. Mm-hmm. And if I can see, like, I can look at this money and tell you struggled to put this together. Right. Sell a fives and tens, look right, like you right, just bust right, two knives. Right, right, Just keep that. Yeah. I, I'm not hurting. Yeah. It's not a Bentley out there, but I'm not hurting. Right. It's not a um, helicopter. Right. But I'm cool. I'm right. blessed. I'm cool. And so I think it's important to spread the blessing. The blackness is the beautiful thing. The rest of this shit don't mean nothing. Yeah. We could be billionaires sitting here. This this room right now could be worth a hundred billion. Yeah. And we just like this, and nobody know. We yeah. right here in the hood. Absolutely. So I, I, I put the value in the people around me. Mm-hmm. You know, you more valuable to me with this equipment than you will be with ten keys of coke. Yeah. Because we can go and touch the world with this. Right. And nothing negative come back. Yeah. An opinion, maybe. Yeah. We spread that 10 keys of coke. The feds be here about Thursday, 3 o'clock. Yeah. And we're killing our people. And we're killing our people. Yeah. I want to uplift. Yeah. I want to bring life. We're supposed to bring life and health. Yeah. If we started in the hood, let's walk some of the soldiers out the hood. Yeah. Let's get them out of there. Let's get our slaves out the fields and out the kitchens. Man. It's time for us to create this shit, man. We, 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 we could do a lot better, and we will. It just takes time. Like Smokey Robinson once said, we got to humble ourselves. Mm. Too many people better than the next man. Yeah. We got to humble ourselves, man. Yeah. Because we don't own any of these ghettos or these streets that we claim. We don't. We don't own maybe a house on it. That's that's not being a boss. Yeah. If your nigga standing on the corner and he could be murdered today by any random nigga, that's not being a boss. And niggas on the corners ain't owning houses on their block unless they got it from grandma. And, and so nigga the thing, ain't taking none of the dope money and buying nothing new over there. The thing that's important, if I can spread any message, is that we got to start valuing us. Stop killing each other. Stop hating on each other, stop opinionating. I felt like the whole black experience was a 
beautiful experience with a dirty trick played. Ever since slavery, we've been pitted against each other. Mm -hmm. And that's how they get paid. Mm -hmm. And I sat and watched a football game today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't protest everything. You man. can't. You can't. I mean, you can't. Because <laughs> everybody can say, I'm protesting the NFL, but then you hop in your Mercedes Benz. Right. Or right. You hop right. in your right. Right. other shit where some racist pick your motherfucker battles. own it. You got to pick your yeah. battles. Yeah, you gotta. I just think that I, I, I think that I love the Bay. I'm gonna always do the music for the Bay. I'm always do the best I can. If I can find an avenue I can walk that makes me rise and I can bring people with me, I do it. And if I can't, then I just keep walking this road. What I call this road, less travel. It's a road that it's lonely and it's dark. But what do they say about that long narrow road, huh? And what do they say about that wide gate? Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? That wide gate that's easy to walk through, every vehicle fit through. Where yeah. that leads to? Yeah. Yeah. But that long, dark road, you got them bare feet, that loose gravel, you know where you headed, baby. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just going to be a long walk. Yeah. <laughs> and so right now, I'm just, I'm on my long walk. Yes. And I appreciate every step because it's every step is a learning experience. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I make my mistakes. I still cuss. I still, I, I, I still talk smack and I get upset sometimes. But the thing is, I'm, 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 I'm growing to a better person every day. Like, I'm actually thinking of ministry, but. Not yet, maybe when I'm like 50. It's like, it's crazy how similar your story and Aunt Dilly is. That shit is, is, is ridiculous. Like, I know, I know. talked to Aunt a few yeah. months back. We spoke through Instagram just real briefly, and that blew my mind. And he kind of like, I think with what happened with Ryan, it was just like epiphany to him that this ain't it. Man. We can't stay here in Oakland forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's always good to come home, but just to be here day and night um, aimlessly, Look what happens. Ron was a good dude. God called him. He was God a good called. dude. God called him. Yeah. I felt like at one point, every fucking rap group in Oakland was losing one of the rappers. Yeah. Twice in Quran. Yeah. Seidel. Yeah. Ron them. And the fucked up part is I was really the grinder, like the grimy little street nigga. So after losing E, the worst thing you could hear is niggas would be coming up to you like, damn, blood, I thought it would be you. Yeah. Wow. Hey, you like, damn, nigga, you want yeah, to come to my family? Yeah, But I understand it all, and um, and understanding it, and just seeing the growth. I'm just trying to make the best music I can. Some little hood shit, but some good shit, you know. Shit, yeah. Try to work with some artists. I reached out to a few of the locals to see what I could come up with, and I want to make music that intrigue people, inspire people. Yeah. You know, hey, the world around us is changing. The only thing we could do is change with it. Absolutely. You know, don't right. fall victim to the adapt. I like the way I like that I like that quote, man. And um, that's actually a good way to get out of here on that note, like to just give people the motivation. Clear, you got anything else? No, man, shit, it was good. Corn, you got something you you ain't covering? Uh, Dirty red, something you was thinking about, man? Yeah, no, nah, he said brother. it all. Yeah, man, I just gotta thank you again, yeah, man. Yeah, man. I got to thank you again for coming, man. We got to keep shit like, like this lit. And once again, like I said, this is what we have this podcast for. Oh, we we have it for this me. because you just don't know how many motherfuckers is about to be so happy off this. It's like an early, <laughs> early Christmas present. You know what I'm saying? Because when, like, where this man? Yeah, man. When I, it, I all, that's how I do the test. When I, when I go to the store right before we start a podcast, I walk out to the store and usually motherfuckers ask me, who y'all going to have in there today? And I, when I said T. Looney, you should have just seen their face. Motherfuckers' face just lit up. What? What, man? You see that man? So, you know what I'm saying? So, what I'm going to do, I ain't telling nobody really, but I'm going to. 
I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm gonna tell y'all this because it's some dope shit. I'm making a free album called East Oakland. Okay. Right. Any features? Uh, uh. I'm gonna tell the real East Oakland story. A lot of niggas don't tell the real East Oakland story. They tell 12% at the most. Right. They don't go back. Cause they wasn't here. Yeah. And you yeah. ain't heard shit about no Granadas. Right, right. Huh? You ain't heard shit about no six by nines. Right. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. they wasn't here. Right. They don't know. Right. A lot of people don't know Oakland. Yeah. They just think they do. Yeah. They wasn't here with the fish with the fish spot on Foothill. When nah. niggas going there and look at the goldfish and shit. Yeah. yeah on Hayden yeah, Square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just wasn't here. Yeah. They don't know this. Yeah. Niggas don't know it was a smoke shop right there on seminary. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know the yeah. candy store and shit. Yeah. Right here by the arcade. Yeah. The record store. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring back that good vibe, that good feeling, see if we can't paint the portrait without the death and the violence for once. Yeah, that'll be yeah. good. You know. Remember niggas did used to ride big wheels at some point. Yeah, we did. I like the way Casual just told his story. He's seen his son on the bus. I think he, I think he was with the mechanics. I yeah, he was too. with the mechanics, yeah. I like yep. the way he spit that. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Story. Yeah. It's, it's important. It's like we don't want to lose our history of Oakland. Kind of like how they try to wipe the Black Panthers out. You don't really yeah. hear much about it. You don't see much about it. So you would almost forget that that shit originated here. Nigga, yeah. the government we live in created welfare and shit off of the Black Panthers. Right, right. We are big. This is big, Oakland. This is yeah. big. And so in those trying times and all that negativity, look what they came up with. Something that's helping us to this day, in a sense. Yeah. I just want to do something like that. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. I just want to want them dead and go, and they be like the Tomorrow Holloway Foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. go down there one day and get an EOYDC, like, a million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because quiet yeah. is kept. With all my turmoil and shit, what I was going through, I dropped out of school because I had the record shit and the studio shit. I went to EOYDC and got my GED when I was 16. Shout out to EOYDC. Shout, shout, out, to, shout out to Gary Payton for all the years he gave up money to EOYDC. I got my, because I didn't want to be a nigga walk around with no diploma. That didn't seem right. Yeah. I know too many niggas live that life. I'd be like, you ain't got no diploma. Can you, can you read? <laughs> so, Cleek, can you uh, <laughs> give out your social media? Man, hag underscore universe on Instagram. Clee Waters on Facebook. Clee in the streets. But I ain't in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> stopping by. Yeah, stopping by. Corn, what about you? Hit me up. Corn the Barber. And Hit T, me. And T, T, you said you started Mine is, a new uh, one? T Looney underscore Steel underscore Seidel. Okay. T Looney Steel Seidel, y'all. One yeah. step beyond. Yeah, one okay. step beyond, T. man. T. I am Lord Rab on everything. We know Vultures on Instagram. Um, we got we got an, another couple interviews coming up soon. We got some more dropping. We got a lot of shit in the clip, man. Just stay tuned, man. We out. Peace.